section fifty nine of english literature by william j long this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven continued part three essayists of the victorian age thomas babington macaulay eighteen hundred eighteen fifty nine macaulay is one of the most typical figures of the nineteenth century though not a great writer if we compare him with browning or thackeray he was more closely associated than any of his literary contemporaries with the social and political struggles of the age while carlyle was proclaiming the gospel of labor and dickens writing novels to better the condition of the poor macaulay went vigorously to work on what he thought to be the most important task of the hour and by his brilliant speeches did perhaps more than any other single man to force the passage of the famous reform bill like many of the elizabethans he was a practical man of affairs rather than a literary man and though we miss in his writings the imagination and the spiritual insight which stamp the literary genius we have the impression always of a keen practical honest mind which looks at present problems in the light of past experience moreover the man himself with his marvelous mind his happy spirit and his absolute integrity of character is an inspiration to better living life macaulay was born at rothley temple leicestershire in eighteen hundred his father of scotch descent was at one time governor of the sierra leone colony for liberated negroes and devoted a large part of his life to the abolition of the slave trade his mother of quaker parentage was a brilliant sensitive woman whose character is reflected in that of her son the influence of these two and the son's loyal devotion to his family can best be read in trevelyan's interesting biography as a child macaulay is strongly suggestive of coleridge at three years of age he began to read eagerly at five he talked like a book at ten he had written a compendium of universal history besides various hymns verse romances arguments for christianity and one ambitious epic poem the habit of rapid reading begun in childhood continued throughout his life and the number and variety of books which he read is almost incredible his memory was phenomenal he could repeat long poems and essays after a single reading he could quote not only passages but the greater part of many books including pilgrim's progress paradise lost and various novels like clarissa once to test his memory he recited two newspaper poems which he had read in a coffee-house forty years before and which he had never thought of in the interval at twelve years of age this remarkable boy was sent to a private school at little shelford at eighteen he entered trinity college cambridge here he made a reputation as a classical scholar and a brilliant talker but made a failure of his mathematics in a letter to his mother he wrote oh for words to express my abomination of that science discipline of the mind say rather starvation confinement torture annihilation we quote this as a commentary on macaulay's later writings which are frequently lacking in the exactness and the logical sequence of the science which he detested after his college course macaulay studied law 
was admitted to the bar devoted himself largely to politics entered parliament in eighteen thirty and almost immediately won a reputation as the best debater and the most eloquent speaker of the liberal or whig party gladstone says of him whenever he arose to speak it was a summons like a trumpet call to fill the benches at the time of his election he was poor and the loss of his father's property threw upon him the support of his brothers and sisters but he took up the burden with cheerful courage and by his own efforts soon placed himself and his family in comfort his political progress was rapid and was due not to favoritism or intrigue but to his ability his hard work and his sterling character he was several times elected to parliament was legal adviser to the supreme council of india was a member of the cabinet and declined many offices for which other men labor a lifetime in eighteen fifty seven his great ability and services to his country were recognized by his being raised to the peerage with the title of baron macaulay of rothley macaulay's literary work began in college with the contribution of various ballads and essays to the magazines in his later life practical affairs claimed the greater part of his time and his brilliant essays were written in the early morning or late at night his famous essay on milton appeared in the edinburgh review in eighteen twenty five it created a sensation and macaulay having gained the ear of the public never once lost it during the twenty years in which he was a contributor to the magazines his lays of ancient rome appeared in eighteen forty two and in the following year three volumes of his collected essays in eighteen forty seven he lost his seat in parliament temporarily through his zealous efforts in behalf of religious toleration and the loss was most fortunate since it gave him opportunity to begin his history of england a monumental work which he had been planning for many years the first two volumes appeared in eighteen forty eight and their success can be compared only to that of the most popular novels the third and fourth volumes of the history eighteen fifty five were even more successful and macaulay was hard at work on the remaining volumes when he died quite suddenly in eighteen fifty nine he was buried near addison in the poet's corner of westminster abbey a paragraph from one of his letters written at the height of his fame and influence may give us an insight into his life and work i can truly say that i have not for many years been so happy as i am at present i am free i am independent i am in parliament as honorably seated as a man can be my family is comfortably off i have leisure for literature yet i am not reduced to the necessity of writing for money if i had to choose a lot from all that there are in human life i am not sure that i should prefer any to that which has fallen to me i am sincerely and thoroughly contented essay on milton works of macaulay macaulay is famous in literature for his essays for his martial ballads and for his history of england his first important work the essay on milton eighteen twenty five is worthy of study not only for itself as a critical estimate of the puritan poet but as a key to all macaulay's writings here first of all is an interesting work which however much we differ from the author's opinion holds our attention 
and generally makes us regret that the end comes so soon the second thing to note is the historical flavor of the essay we study not only milton but also the times in which he lived and the great movements of which he was a part history and literature properly belong together and macaulay was one of the first writers to explain the historical conditions which partly account for a writer's work and influence the third thing to note is macaulay's enthusiasm for his subject an enthusiasm which is often partisan but which we gladly share for the moment as we follow the breathless narrative macaulay generally makes a hero of his man shows him battling against odds and the heroic side of our own nature awakens and responds to the author's plea the fourth and perhaps most characteristic thing in the essay is the style which is remarkably clear forceful and convincing jeffrey the editor of the edinburgh review wrote enthusiastically when he received the manuscript the more i think the less i can conceive where you picked up that style we still share in the editor's wonder but the more we think the less we conceive that such a style could be picked up it was partly the result of a well-stored mind partly of unconscious imitation of other writers and partly of that natural talent for clear speaking and writing which is manifest in all macaulay's work other essays in the remaining essays we find the same general qualities which characterize macaulay's first attempt they cover a wide range of subjects but they may be divided into two general classes the literary or critical and the historical of the literary essays the best are those on milton addison goldsmith byron dryden leigh hunt bunyan bacon and johnson among the best known of the historical essays are those on lord clive chatham warren hastings hallam's constitutional history von Ranke's history of the papacy frederick the great horace walpole william pitt sir william temple machiavelli and mirabeau most of these were produced in the vigor of young manhood between eighteen twenty five and eighteen forty five while the writer was busy with practical affairs of state they are often one-sided and inaccurate but always interesting and from them a large number of busy people have derived their first knowledge of history and literature lays of ancient rome the best of macaulay's poetical work is found in the lays of ancient rome eighteen forty two a collection of ballads in the style of scott which sing of the old heroic days of the roman republic the ballad does not require much thought or emotion it demands clearness vigor enthusiasm action and it suited macaulay's genius perfectly he was however much more careful than other ballad writers in making his narrative true to tradition the stirring martial spirit of these ballads their fine workmanship and their appeal to courage and patriotism made them instantly popular even to-day after more than fifty years such ballads as those on virginius and horatius at the bridge are favorite pieces in many school readers history of england 
the history of england macaulay's masterpiece is still one of the most popular historical works in the english language originally it was intended to cover the period from the accession of james the second in sixteen eighty five to the death of george the fourth in eighteen thirty only five volumes of the work were finished and so thoroughly did macaulay go into details that these five volumes cover only sixteen years it has been estimated that to complete the work on the same scale would require some fifty volumes and the labor of one man for over a century in his historical method macaulay suggests gibbon his own knowledge of history was very great but before writing he read numberless pages consulted original documents and visited the scenes which he intended to describe thackeray's remark that macaulay reads twenty books to write a sentence and travels one hundred miles to make a line of description is in view of his industry a well-warranted exaggeration as in his literary essays he is fond of making heroes and he throws himself so heartily into the spirit of the scene he is describing that his word pictures almost startle us by their vivid reality the story of monmouth's rebellion for instance or the trial of the seven bishops is as fascinating as the best chapters of scott's historical novels while macaulay's search for original sources of information suggests the scientific historian his use of his material is much more like that of a novelist or playwright in his essay on machiavelli he writes the best portraits are perhaps those in which there is a slight mixture of caricature and we are not certain that the best histories are not those in which a little of the exaggeration of fictitious narrative is judiciously employed something is lost in accuracy but much is gained in effect whether this estimate of historical writing be true or false macaulay employed it in his own work and made his narrative as absorbing as a novel to all his characters he gives the reality of flesh and blood and in his own words he shows us over their houses and seats us at their tables all that is excellent but it has its disadvantages in his admiration for heroism macaulay makes some of his characters too good and others too bad in his zeal for details he misses the importance of great movements and of great leaders who are accustomed to ignore details and in his joy of describing events he often loses sight of underlying causes in a word he is without historical insight and his work though fascinating is seldom placed among the reliable histories of england general characteristics to the reader who studies macaulay's brilliant essays and a few chosen chapters of his history three things soon become manifest first macaulay's art is that of a public speaker rather than that of a literary man he has a wonderful command of language and he makes his meaning clear by striking phrases vigorous antitheses anecdotes and illustrations his style is so clear that he who runs may read and from beginning to end he never loses the attention of his readers second macaulay's good spirits and enthusiasm are contagious as he said of himself he wrote out of a full head 
chiefly for his own pleasure or recreation and one who writes joyously generally awakens a sense of pleasure in his readers third macaulay has the defect of his qualities he reads and remembers so much that he has no time to think or to form settled opinions as gladstone said macaulay is always conversing or recollecting or reading or composing but reflecting never so he wrote his brilliant essay on milton which took all england by storm and said of it afterward that it contained scarcely a paragraph which his mature judgment approved whether he speaks or writes he has always before him an eager audience and he feels within him the born orator's power to hold and fascinate so he gives loose rein to his enthusiasm quotes from a hundred books and in his delight at entertaining us forgets that the first quality of a critical or historical work is to be accurate and the second to be interesting End of section 59